Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. Now... We're going to get into the episode and I want to talk a little bit about what's been going on recently for you because I want to talk about why your background is different. But your background is not only different, you also have two people in frame. Yeah, well, uh, we had originally planned to do this in my apartment with uh, Brian in front of one screen and me in front of the other. But I am currently in a hotel because my apartment has flooded and they found mold. Oh, no. So I only had enough equipment to bring. I, I only brought enough equipment to, to set up one setup. So we're, we're just going to get up close and cozy. <laughs> and it'll be okay. It's always fun to, to get cozy on Spirit Trepa. well let's talk about our guest today then so i'm really excited so you know you guys know i've been wandering around richmond going you know elder 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 where are they (laughs) right and and i i found one it's brian (laughs) this is brian Auden. did i say your last name right you did oh good absolutely and uh brian is an elder in how many traditions just one paulo lukumi and Ifa, three. Okay, three. Well, throw Odin in there before. Okay. All right. So we're, we're going to talk about some stuff <laughs> with Brian today. Just one today. Just one. <laughs> it um, sounds like we could talk then, about three episodes worth, four episodes yeah, worth even. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll have to come back with Brian and talk about more later. Um, but first, I just want to apologize. This is going to go out a little late today because we are recording on the day that we are releasing, which we never do. Right. And poor Joey has to actually, like, you know, finish this episode and the next one because we're <laughs> recording the next one. So we 
don't do this again, and then have to go back and edit. So um, we're going to be a little late. Yes. And, and or rather, we are a little late. We are a little late. <laughs> so our apologies. Uh, we'll get back on track soon. The the flood has really messed with with timing. Yep. So. Yep. All right. So I guess let's just dive right in because we've got a lot of content to cover and not very long to do it. So. Oh yeah. Let's dive in now. You gave us three traditions there. We haven't done a Magical Paths episode in a while, but this brings us back to that string of of episodes that we were doing on the different Magical Paths. And and you gave us three different ones that you're involved in. Um, we also talked off the air about how they relate to other things. I guess let's just start with that, right, Kelly? Yeah. So, Brian, if you would sort of cover where your traditions come from and okay. how they relate and uh, how they relate to other traditions that aren't yours. In very broad strokes, we're all talking, these traditions all come from the ATR, African Traditional Religion segment, but they're diaspora descendants, people who were taken in bondage out of Africa into Puerto Rico, Cuba, Brazil, Santiago, um, all over the West Indies, the Caribbean. These are the religions that grew up in those places based on what they did back in their original country. So what I'm practicing and we're going to talk about today is called Ocha or Lakumi, or some people call it Centuria. There's a technical distinction in those things. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But they come from the Yoruba tribal group who live today in what is Nigeria. Right next door to the Yoruba tribal group is a group called the Dahomey Kingdom, which is Benin and Togo. That is the root of Haitian voodoo. Those are two kingdoms, the Yorubans and the Dahomeys, that fought each other for about 250 years. Their religions intermixed, their people intermixed, their languages intermixed. One of the spirits, or what people call angels of God that we worship in Ocha, we literally stole from the Dahomey. They went to Dahomey land, grabbed the shrine, took it home, and said, this is ours now. And it's in <laughs> our religion for the last 500 years because we didn't have a power that we thought was as good as theirs, so they just took it. That is how related these religions are. Pretty well tied together. It's almost like a new religion created from the two. Kind of. Yeah, that's, that's true. And there's always regional differences because, you know, people didn't travel the way we do today. <laughs> so... Ocha was born in Africa in Yoruba land, but it came to Cuba where it germinated in America. Actually, it's called Candomblé in Brazil. Same religion, same people, but when they went to Brazil, they mixed with native traditions there to create a new offshoot. But they are literally brother and sister. Maybe you'd call them cousin. I don't know. But they were 100% related because there was never a place where only Yoruba people were brought in bondage. There were already Bantu-speaking people, Angolans, people from the Congo, people who had other religious traditions. You have 400 people living in one plantation from 10 different countries, 30 different tribal groups. They're going to make a melting pot yeah. religion. And this is how Ocha became a regionally segmented thing. It's different in Puerto Rico. It's different in 
Cuba, it's different on the east side of Cuba. There's a mountain range that cuts Cuba in half. Nobody crossed those mountains until the 1800s. So the religion in the east side of Cuba that they call the Oriente, their bastardization of Oriental, mm-hmm. <laughs> is entirely different than Ocha on the west side of Cuba, Havana, Montanzas, etc., which is the group that I'm from, the Havana tradition of Ocha. Okay. And we call initiating crowning. They say they put the spirit onto your head. That path of God enters your head through what we would call the crown chakra. They don't call it that, but that's the same idea. It's Mm -hmm. literally placed inside your body and you become a priest or priestess. I'm a priestess of a power called Eligua, who is like Legba, the road opener, the trickster, the one who issues divine justice for those who are behaving correctly or not, but yet he's tempting you to act inappropriately because that's his job. It's his job to test the boundaries of societal law, consciousness, natural law, and fate. So he's on your side, but he's also there trying to get you to mess up. I used to have a manager like that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's really funny because I knew a woman who had a business that she had uh, a candle to a legwa that she she Mm -hmm. kept lit in the business. Very common. And uh, one night somebody came in and broke in and stole all of her stuff, including the candle. Mm. And she was like, oh, God, help them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> deep shit. There will be some sort of retribution for that kind of behavior. Yeah. If you go, uh, the magical stores that Ocha people uh, go to are called botanicas. Mm-hmm. There's always a little concrete head somewhere near the door. Maybe it's hidden. Maybe you're not seeing it. But that's an Eligua born to watch the store, bring in money, customers, and good fortune. That person will have an Eligua that lives in their house. There's always an Eligua in that business. If somebody is initiated in this path, there are spirits living in that business. They may not be visible, but they are there to watch. They're for that kind of stuff. Theft, nobody's coming in making a problem. Ocha is a super complicated religion. It is an initiatory religion. I should say that mm-hmm. right off the bat. Can you define that for the listeners? Yes. In Wicca and other paths, we talk about self-initiation being a completely normal and valid thing. In Ocha, there is no self-initiation. The Ache or Chi or Prana, the universal force, is passed from a godparent to a godchild, a direct lineage from those who came before you. One of the first things an Ocha priest or priestess would say to each other upon meeting a new one, hello, what is your Ocha name? My Ocha name is Eshu B. Eshu who sees everything. Eshu is the spirit I'm initiated to. Who are your godparents? Well, it's a lady named Jada Adams and her Ocha name is so-and-so. Great. Who initiated her? Everyone wants to know the lineage. your godparent and your godparent's godparent. Because that's how we define who's legitimate to each other. Right. <laughs> you are not allowed to say, I don't want to tell you. You have to tell because there are a lot of fraudsters. And this has gone on in Cuba. It's gone on everywhere. People who pretend to have received initiation. And nobody wants to get talking about something because all secrets 
all the rituals are secret. It's all mysteries. You only find out each thing as you initiate to that thing. Right. Which is what you have to do for initiatory. If it's going to continue. Yeah. You, well, you can't, you can't know what you're walking into as an initiate. That's by definition, part of the initiation process is for it to be a mystery. And, you know, Kathy and I talk about this all the time with the work that we do in our retreats. We do a lot of initiatory processes Mm -hmm. in the retreats and we're like, well, we'll give you a general gist of what we're talking about, but we're not telling you what we're doing because it's an initiatory process. Right. You cannot go through the psychological change that unfolding and unveiling. If you knew everything that was going to happen, you're like, okay, now we're doing step two. Now we're doing, no, no, no. You need to leave your normal consciousness to really open yourself to the kind of change that is being offered to you and the kind of spiritual power that is being uh, granted to you. You need to be open to that in the way that it wants to open you, not the way you want to take it. Right. right. And it's also, you can build resistances if Absolutely. you know what's coming. And so that was the other reason why we're like, we're not telling you. Right. So. Absolutely. <laughs> the experience becomes tainted if you prepare yourself that way. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe I should go just into a quick breakdown of how does it look? It is a monotheistic religion, but God is not a man or a woman. God is not a person. God is called Olo Dumari. It is the everything. It is every molecule and every bit of energy in the universe that is all God. We are in God. The house you're living in is in God, everything. But then God manifests into our reality in stages, which in Santeria, which has some Catholic elements, gets turned into Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Father is Olodumari. The Son is Alofi, the God who lives in this present moment. And the Holy Spirit is Olorun, the Ashe or Chi that is behind everything the thing that moves upon the earth but has no form. So when, so I'm, I'm learning something right now. Yeah. Uh, I've gone to many a drum circle where we play funga and it's funga lafia, mm-hmm. ashe ashe. Mm-hmm. So ashe ashe is the, we're, we're talking about the energy. That's what, yeah, it's universal life force. Chat prana. That explains how I feel when I say it. <laughs> <laughs> So once you get below the levels of God, now you're in manifestation where we reach Orisha, which is personified nature. Oshun is the personification, a female. We don't call them deities. We call them great spirits. But in the West, we'd say it's a demigod, maybe. She's personified sweet waters, rain, river water. Any water in the universe is ruled over by her. Yet she is personified like you and me. She looks like a woman. She can talk. She can mount a human and possess them and speak through them, which happens at drumming events. That's one of the big places. There's Yamaya, who personifies salty waters, the ocean. Okay. So she would be sort of the female equivalent of like the site. Okay. Yep. Yep. Then at the bottom of the ocean where no human can go is something called Olokun which is androgynous. When the world was created, there were certain powers inherent in the matrix. Olokun was already here, born of no one, because the mysteries under the ocean cannot be known by any human. 
So is that sort of the equivalent to the chaos realms? Yeah, kind of. Okay. There's a there's a land of the dead inherent in that ocean. There is primordial ooze inherent yeah. in that ocean. Yeah. There are I'm many with that. <laughs> uh-huh. There's many things there. Then we have Shango, who is the thunderer, the one who is the epitome of masculinity in that he's beautiful and he is king of the dance but he also works with divine justice he throws thunder and lightning at people who are doing really really bad stuff so we're cross between thor and coco pele except yes except no trickster part of coco pele okay just the musical part okay. he is very straightforward and he is a in most traditions of ocha he's a deified king he was a man who became so holy that he was lifted to the state of something after death. Uh, we also have Ogun. Ogun is the spirit of iron. When the Orishas came down to the earth, when God sent them here to make their way, they only had wooden tools, and trees were too difficult to cut. Everything was too difficult. Ogun brought the spirit of fire and metalworking and all technology into the world, so that human society could be created. So many years ago, when Kathy and I started a program called Manifest Your Mission, we presented the baby of Manifest Your Mission to the gods of technology because we were marketing it through the internet Mm -hmm. for a blessing and were thrilled and horrified when they grabbed the baby and borged it. And handed it back and said, you're welcome. And we were like, thank you. (laughs) You just had this moment of, ah. (laughs) So would that be the the equivalent? Yes, Ogun. Ogun would be like gods of technology. Anything that uses metal falls under. Right. But like in the old days, they said, you know, the railroad and the the train was his big thing because it's a giant iron machine. Right. All warfare. Surgery all falls in his category because you need metal tools to do surgery. Right. Over time, as technology changes, people decide what realm do these powers fall in? Who is the one who would be controlling these things as human technology changes? Right. We have Ochosi, who is the hunter. He is the one who taught us how to hunt food and how to feed ourselves. So like Athena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he got himself in trouble by acting wrong because he went out and he was perfect at hunting. He killed so many animals, he killed sacred animals because he began to be in love with the hunt. So he was punished, and his punishment was to rule over the jailhouse and the police and the courts. So he couldn't spend all his time in the forest killing everything just for his own bloodlust. So now he rules over police, courts, and uh, the jail in addition to his duties hunting. The head Orisha is called Obatala, king of the white cloth. He formed human consciousness. He made the human body so that humans could be created, but he created the idea of consciousness. So we go to him for everything about good thoughts, good consciousness, good intellect, a cool head. We say when you're trying not to be angry, you pray for a cool head. He is like, the Orisha of coolness. But one time he got drunk. He was drinking palm wine and he was forming human bodies and human minds, but he got too drunk. And so some people had 
physical disabilities. When he woke up from his stupor, he said, these people are my people. These are special to me because none of this is their fault. This is my fault. And I will care for them for all their lives. If no other Orisha will speak for them, they are to be given on to me because I accept responsibility for how this came to be. There are millions of teaching stories in Ocha. They are all meant to explain why are things the way they are. And the Orisha, being great spirits, not gods, are somewhat humanized in these stories, but we don't take them literally. They're just meant to explain certain things. It sounds very similar to the practice of storytelling in shamanism. Absolutely. I think it is probably a direct result of that uh, through time, changing over time to where the Yoruba people, who had a very high level of civilization, as they came up through civilization, it became more priestly class that is 100% rooted in shamanism. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, and the, the initiatory processes um, and the, the, you're not allowed to call yourself mm-hmm. a shaman mm-hmm. in shamanism. You're literally not allowed to call yourself a shaman unless some other shaman has acknowledged you as a shaman. Exactly. This is yeah. the same. Yeah. And because the process of initiating a person fully into priesthood is so complex, it takes seven days. Wow. And you are sequestered for seven full days. You literally cannot go to the bathroom on your own because you are a baby. You have a body servant who dresses you for seven days. They wash you for seven days because you are born anew as a priest or priestess. So for seven days... And then a year following those seven days, you have rules and restrictions. Right. I remember. Vast rules and restrictions. Yeah. I know someone who became a centurion priest and had to wear white for a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can't eat in public. You eat on a plate. You eat on the floor for three months because children don't eat up. They're down on the floor. It's many, many different things. And they vary by house and tradition. But broadly speaking, we all go through a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And there's just a statement of commitment too. Well, that's it. Exactly. I mean, it's, if you're not taking it seriously, you don't deserve it. Also realize it came from a village mentality, right? Your godparents lived in the same village. You would, you would live that year in their house. You would sleep on their floor, do all their house chores. And as they were going through their ceremonies and rituals and prayers, you were there. You heard everything. You saw everything. So it's a true it, apprenticeship. It's a true apprenticeship. Yeah. In the modern world, we don't get to do that. Yeah. I lived in my own house. I had to see my godparents when I could. I still had to work. My wife is also initiated in Ocho. We were fortunate enough at that time she didn't have to work. And she learned as much as she could. It really is set for a village mentality. And it's difficult in a 21st century life to live that way. My godparents are in Northern Virginia. They're two and a half hours away. So I can't go every time they do some little thing and we have to schedule everything. And the the ceremony being seven days long, it takes 20 to 30 people to do the ceremony. So organizing is quite difficult. Yeah, You really need to have a large community. And unfortunately, some people initiate and they live in Nebraska or they live in New Mexico and they're alone there. Yeah. They fly to their godparents for everything they need to do. Not a 
cleansing bath or something, but right. ceremonially, yeah, it is a it is really truly a lifestyle. It is not something you do once in a while when you feel like it. Yeah, I had a conversation this morning with a woman who uh, was thinking about coming into the program, and she said, "I really wish you were here, like where she lived." And I was mm-hmm. like, "You know what? I really wish that I could be." physically in presence with everybody I work with too, because, you know, she's not wrong. Being in presence is significantly uh, different than being online per se. This is why Kathy and I do the retreats is so that we can be in presence with people for periods of time. You do what you can Mm -hmm. in modern day culture because that's what you have. Thankfully, we have modern day culture because people in Nebraska or whatever might not have any access to it at all. So, you know, or there's a book at Barnes and Noble, but they don't, they can't experience anything. Right. Yeah. That's been the big challenge. Trying to extrapolate things from a book uh, ends up with a lot of misconceptions because, you know, you don't understand something, you just decide what you think it means. And then it cascades into a problem over time because you didn't have anybody to check it with. Well, and, and that ties it directly into the next question I had. So what you've presented to us is incredibly interesting. And Kelly, I, it was really great how you sort of drew relationships between some other things that people may be aware of. But exactly what we're talking about here is, you know, the difficulty of space and time and literally and distance and things like that of people to find things. Brian, how would they get started in this? How would they find someone if they were interested in in starting down this path? Well, I would say that there are a few legitimate blogs run by actual elders where general information could be acquired. Mm -hmm. There are people that offer different forms of divination through the internet. I do not agree with that only because as a new person, you have no way to check that individual's validity. Right. And... They may have all the best intention in the world, but they don't, in fact, have the ashe to do that for you. Basic information just to see if it clicks with you is readily available on the internet. You can read all kinds of things and say, wow, that kind of speaks to my heart. Right. And actually, my best answer to that question is this. In Ochulukumi, your ancestors are incredibly important. We talk to them all the time. My first thought would be, once you feel like this might be for you, if you don't have an ancestral shrine, make one. Start talking to your ancestors and say, look, this is something I want to do. I've looked around. There's not anyone obviously in my area. Direct me. Help me find someone. I meet people in the street where I just, I'm, minding my own business and they say something and I say, well, actually, (laughs) because I'm rather private, I don't like to be public about anything, but spirit helps you find people when you make it clear that you need to do that. And that's what I would say is the best starting point. So now that forces me, I know we're at the end and we're just going to go long. That forces me to ask a question because um, I know this was true for me and I know that a lot of our listeners have issues with their parents and or their yes. grandparents. And so if you're trying to go up an ancestral line and everyone you know in your family is hateful or miserable or, you know, somebody that caused you great pain, how do you deal with that in your in your culture? Uh, we don't call them. 
we literally do not call their names. Okay. Because we know that they were abusive. We know that there was some problem. Later in your life, as you work in your ancestor practice, you're going to say, okay, mom, I would like to bring you into my life, but I need you to repent first. There is a way that we do that, that we try to bring those abusive people back into the fold. But if they don't want to change, we leave them out. What we do is we say, my name is Brian Auden. I know the names of the families I came from, Auden, Miller, Oakley, etc. I do not know your names, ancestors. But those who love me, those who care about me, draw close to me. Bring your energy and knowledge to me. And all of you who were bad to me, I do not want to see you. I do not want to hear you. You are not welcome. Awesome. Very awesome. I, I've been, yes, thank you. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, I fully agree. All right. So uh, I think that's a great one to, to end on there, Joey. I do you? too. I think, it, I think it's very perfect. And, and Brian, that was really good stuff. And there's a lot here. And like you said, we didn't even touch on how the, the slight difference that I think is really interesting between what we talked about and the Santeria, which we didn't even touch on where this, the similarities and differences are well, there. You want the 30 seconds? Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Every person in Cuba is raised Catholic because it was forced conversion from the very beginning. Okay. And to this day, almost everyone is a Catholic. Santeria simply means you are not seeing the saints as a cover or a mask for the Orisha, but you think they are, in fact, the same energies projected in a different way. In Ocha, you leave Catholicism at the church and you practice Orisha as your African descendants would have without mixing the two. That is really the most basic thing. In Santeria, Olofi is Jesus. They really think Jesus and Olofi are the same. No, okay. They think God okay. the Father, Olodomari, and is the same. Holy Spirit is Olorun. They're just saying, hey, man, same stuff, different names. Yeah. In Ocha, we say, let's not take on the path of the abuser. Let's just be ourselves. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there we go. All right, folks, that is all that we're going to talk about for today. But Brian and Kelly, I think we may need to have, find another time where we can get Brian back. There's There yeah. seems like a lot more to talk about here. We're going to spend days with Brian, I can tell. <laughs> days and days. I really days. appreciate the invite, too. This was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So Thank you. you can make it. And folks, remember, join us on the Facebook, the Spirit Sherpa Podcast After Party Facebook group. This is really long. I don't know why I struggle so much with trying to get it all in. But I know. I tried to think about how to make it shorter and I just couldn't. It's, so. it's great because once you get it, you know where it is, even if you can't say the words. You can type them. <laughs> <laughs> you just we're can't say them all We're a lot of fun up. in there too. There's, there's very few people. So we're like at 60 people. Yeah. So I actually talk to every single person who comes into the group. I, I message them individually. So if you wanted to have a conversation with me, but you didn't want to go so far as to sign up for discovery session you know it's it's good you know sign up and ask to join the group and, and we'll chit chat over i am yeah and it's a it's a great group so go and find that as always the the location to the the link is in the notes so you can find them there or you can go search spirit chirpa podcast after party in facebook and you'll find it there as well if you can yes. remember all of those words just start typing while I'm while I'm talking here, so you'll get it. I also want to just say one thing from last episode. Yep. Um, we talked about the uh, 
the the manifestation slowing down. <laughs> the moment that episode posted, the podcast downloads took off and doubled. Really? Yeah, because I was like, okay, yeah, now I have now I have somebody else that I'm going to be training up, so I have room, and boom, it just exploded. <laughs> well, there you go. So, just wanted to to give people a fill in on that. That's fantastic. All right. And that is all that we have. But do either of you have any final words you want to say before we wrap up? Mold bad. Flood bad. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I didn't laugh enough this episode. Yeah, I thought exactly. I'd share. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all that we have for this week, folks. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Brian Auden. And you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now, so I leave behind a little fear. Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A.com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.